Welcome to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings, where we walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Our host is Dr. Jeannie Burnett, licensed clinical psychologist and certified eating disorder therapist. Join her and her host, Carlos Houston, as they discuss the relationship between your food, your faith, and your feelings. Hello, welcome back to another edition of Food, Faith, and Feelings. How are you doing today? I love that intro, man. I, I do I'm, too. I'm going to say it every every Sunday. It's so powerful. I'm, I'm just sorry. I just love that intro. It's so powerful. What up? How you feeling? I'm I'm doing great today. Thank you for asking. And how are you? I do, I'm doing great. Wonderful. Doing great. Hey, I have a question for you, Carlos. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So guess, what is the number one most common mental disorder for adults? Uh, Wrong. Well, Ben's that I've seen the cheat sheet. Uh-huh. I'm just going to make a wild stab in the dark and say generalized anxiety disorder. Yes. Well, they didn't specifically say that, but anxiety. Anxiety, anxiety yes, is the number one mental health issue. It affects 18.1% of the population. Wow. Between the ages of 18 to 54, that is 40 million adults. And wow. you know what? Honestly, I think that's under, I think that's not, I don't think that's accurate. I think that's too low. Because uh, that's only the number of individuals who are either reporting or seeking Showing care. Up. Right. Yeah. So how many millions just deal with it to the best of their ability on a daily basis? You know, they say that a lot of statistics are just made up anyway. So let's just say that there's like 40 <laughs> percent. Let's make up our own. Let's just do it. All right, you heard it here. There's 40 percent of Americans who are dealing with anxiety. <laughs> Uh, according to the database of Dr. Jeannie Burnett. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you quote your source? I heard it on the radio. Right on. everything. It, you know, if it's true, if you find it on the internet, it is true, right? <laughs> right. So right. this includes things like money. Oh, family, career. Divorce. Did you say money already? Kids. <laughs> right, everything. Are they, are they doing well? Are they doing what they say they're doing? Right. Are they safe? Are they okay? Money, are they, financial situation. Right? Are they healthy? Right, uh, exactly. So that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today is anxiety and um, just the, the problem itself of anxiety and yeah. how it shows up. And one of the things that I uh, routinely do while I'm working with my clients is help them understand that things like fidgeting and shaking their foot while they're talking and biting their fingernails, right, all of those things biting their lips. are pulling their hair their anxiety getting acted out in their behavior right. have you ever like woken up and you're just like mad or angry at the world or and you went to bed okay maybe you had some bad dreams like even bad dreams can be your body's signal that you are struggling with things that you can't figure out and so what that does is it creates an internal stress and ha- learning to deal with that anxiety is extremely difficult but you have to first understand the problem Right. Um, I think mindfulness is a big part of that. That in, in the that first part you're talking about, just understanding, being able to recognize this is what I'm feeling. I think so often we're in autopilot mode and we're just going through it on a daily basis. And like I said earlier, dealing with it, and never even recognizing. Wait, I am stressed right now. I am dealing with anxiety. Right. Right. Now. Right. I know. Sometimes I'll come home from you know on Thursdays and Fridays. I don't see clients. I I do a lot of. Uh, networking and a lot of meetings and radio and stuff for the nonprofit. So sometimes I'll go from meeting to meeting to meeting and we look at that and we think, yay, I've been a good person today. I've gotten, I've been productive. I've gotten a lot done, but that is actually a human doing. 
and not a human being. Right. And I'll get home sometimes and I am so exhausted because I just don't recognize as I'm going through those activities and through those emotions how stressed out that I am. Right. And often we're we're so trained by society to, to do the right thing and we're trained to take care of so many different things, whether we're taking care of our job, which we're supposed to do, taking care of our family, which we're supposed to do, taking care of other people, which we're supposed to do based on what your your title or your career is. But one thing that we aren't taught and trained to do is to take care of ourselves. So yeah. our self-care is very often lacking, how we tend to ourselves and our needs. We eat something quick and fast so we can get back to work. We, um, you know, do things quickly, won't kind of the microwave process of everything in life so that we can be more productive and more efficient and but we're not taking care of our self um, and that's where a lot of the anxiety can come from right you're you're absolutely right and i know that um a lot of times people so i'd like to explain like my kind of my concept of how anxiety affects our body um a lot of the times i'll draw I like to draw pictures for my clients and I apologize we're on the radio. So I'm going to try and draw you a picture verbally. I'm going to need you to close your eyes. <laughs> Not if you're driving, please <laughs> open your eyes. If you're driving, we don't need, we've had, well, we've got a really bad traffic situation out there anyway. So please <laughs> pay no attention to the man behind the booth. I can, I can see a call now. Um, <laughs> you've been blamed for an accident on 400. No, Carlos did that. <laughs> you told said them open. to close their eyes. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> So um, I like to think about it as so imagine that you're you're sitting there and you see a bear or you see something that's dangerous that's coming towards you. And what happens in your brain, like our brains are wired to automatically self-preserve. That's that's a non thinking it's it's really way back in the base of your brain where your brain meets your spinal cord it's called the old brain like the one of the most primitive parts of our brain yes it is the most prim- yes you're correct the most primitive part of our brain and it sits right next to and touches the emotional center of our brain and so and and those sit and touch the the motor and the sensory parts of our brain and so what we are doing is like when something like that happens, it's like all of these systems are activated and we are, we automatically do things and we, we call them fight, flight or freeze. And so whatever the situation is, um, depending on your, 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 your assessment of the situation Um, Whether you think you're competent to manage the situation or that danger or whether you're not like I know one of the most difficult things for like people to do that causes the most anxiety is getting up and speaking in in front of a crowd. And that could be five people that could be two people or that could be five thousand people. And so if you don't feel competent or confident about yourself and the and the material or what are people going to think about me am I going to look stupid you know I'm not good enough those kinds of things if you believe that you're not competent to manage whatever that stressor is then you are setting yourself up to feel fight flight or freeze all those physical um 
attributes now come into play. The, the butterflies in the stomach, the sweaty palms, the shaking hands, uh, and all that is coming from those thoughts that you just described that, that you're having, that, that self-conversation that you're having. Yeah, exactly. Like I remember when I was a gymnast and when I was a cheerleader as a kid, and I would be nervous about getting up on the apparatus or doing my routine. And I would always, like, like seconds before I was going up, I'd have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> so, you know, that's your body's way of taking care of you and right, getting right. things out of you that might interfere. <laughs> so, um, but then, you know, you can also get, like, upset stomachs. And, and you know, that's the problem with anxiety. If you don't know how to manage your anxiety, then you are going to develop a lot of different physical complications. Right. And so, you know, heart disease and just like exercise in a healthy way is one of the best stress reducers. It's, I, I think about what you were saying about the um, managing and the, the complications that come from it. There's in the anxiety, unlike, you know, there are those mental illnesses that are strictly mental illnesses that may not have any somatic or physical um, recourse on the body. But anxiety can create ulcers, uh, acid reflux. There's a lot of internal things that are true attributes, high blood pressure that can come from the ongoing persistence of anxiety uh, in your life. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So what what we're trying to do is just to help identify what the the problem is for you guys. And um, a lot of times when you do things and you don't know why you're doing them, the, the reaction, like, I don't know why I got so mad or I don't know why I did that or I don't know why I avoided that. Those are all symptoms of anxiety. And anxiety is simply this energy that is developed from your assessment of a situation that I'm not competent or confident to handle it right now. I haven't thought about it. And this is why I think the key to that is what you said. It's your assessment. And it's not necessarily a truth. It's not a fact. Exactly. It is, and it may be your truth, but it's not a fact. And it can be very untrue. But if that's your assessment, then it is your truth. Right. Exactly. And so one of the things that is um, difficult for people is how do I get to being competent or confident in managing this situation? And so when we there's a saying that I kind of started a long time ago and I tell all my clients this and it says, if you're not talking out what your issue is, you're going to act it out. And so because the con there's a conf internal conflict, like I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to talk to these people, but I'm not, I'm not sure about myself or I have to have a meeting with my boss and I'm, I'm powerless in this situation. And so what that does is it creates this energy inside and there's really not a whole lot of, like, especially if you're in a powerless situation, right. there's, um, you know, I, I would encourage you to find a way to feel more competent and confident in God. But if you're not, you know, sometimes, well, God's not going to, you know, pay my, <laughs> well, sometimes he does. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get myself in trouble. Right, right, so, right. um, What's she saying? <laughs> I know, I know. She's mumbling now. So, but if you're if you're feeling incompetent to deal with the situation, that creates that internal stress. That gets acted out in lots of different ways, and that's unique to you. Right. That's unique to what did you see your parents doing when they were uncomfortable or stressed out? And so those are the typical ways. So that could be overeating, that could be undereating, that could be overexercise. That could be going and spending a lot of money when Drinking. you don't have it. 
drinking to excess, uh, smoking. Uh, there's you know, there there are negative things, and then there, there's positive things that we, we can do. Um, I think it's about time to go into a commercial, uh, but yes. I, I think it would be great for us to talk about some of the talk about both sides, both some of the things that we do, and then some ways of of becoming or feeling more competent, health and healthy ways of coping. Right. So. Uh, again, I want to just mention thank you to our sponsors. We couldn't be on the air without you. If you would like to become a sponsor of Food, Faith, and Feelings, please contact us at info at org and let us know. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Dr. Jeannie Burnett, and I want to talk to you guys about my experience at Hard Exercise Works in Johns Creek. I used to be a gymnast, and I ran for a while, but now my knees and my back won't let me do that. My body started changing a lot in my 40s and what I've needed was to get back into an exercise regime. And so I tried gyms, but I don't really like them. I need people there with me. And a friend of mine told me about Hard Exercise Works to go in there. I went in, I did their five-week boot camp, and you can go up to six days a week during that five weeks. And now I am hooked. It is so much fun. Uh, I have actually toned up. I have trimmed down a little bit. They do offer different like nutritional programs. Uh, they have 10 classes every single day from 5.45 in the morning to 6.30 at night. They have tons of different coaches. They really care about who you are and how you are doing your exercise. And they want you to do it right. And they don't want you to hurt yourself. So tell them that Dr. Jeannie sent you. You'll get your first week free. Just go and try it out. Hard Exercise Works in Johns Creek. Their phone number is 678-262-8389. Tell them Dr. Jeannie sent you from MANA. Hello, I am Dr. Jeannie Burnett, the founder and executive director of the MANA Scholarship Fund. MANA Fund was created to help those with eating disorders get access to treatment. Our mission statement is to practically address the epidemic of eating disorders by providing prevention, education, research, and financial assistance for treatment all qualified individuals through well-administered programs. People out there have difficulty with their eating and develop eating disorders, and we are designed to help people who cannot get that treatment otherwise. So if you would like to sponsor this show, or give a donation to the MANA Fund, please contact us through manafund.org. That is M-A-N-N-A fund.org or 770-495-9775. Thank you. Welcome back to Food, Faith, and Feelings. I'll walk with you on your journey to wholeness. Nicely done, Carlos. Thank you. Thank you. I was practicing. I know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, back to back to this anxiety things. One of the things that we were talking about during the break just then, I was I, was, I think it's important for people I'm to so be able. I'm so worried. Don't worry, don't worry. <laughs> My daughter's calling me. Uh, one of the things that we had talked about was being able to recognize when you are in that space, that anxiety space. Uh, that's the first step because before you can do any of the um, the compensatory actions around the anxiety, you first got to be able to recognize to be able to stop and say, "I am stressed." Yes. Right now. Well, and I think you, you you use the word a lot, mindful. And I think that sometimes people, they don't really know what that means. I mean, if you break it down, it's full of your mind. Like your mind is focused and aware of what's going on inside of you and what's going on outside of you and how you are experiencing this moment. Right. Right. Like we say, you know, a lot of the times with um, clients that have eating disorders, we will 
encourage them to be mindful to connect, reconnect to their body. A lot of times people, especially people with eating disorders, are like a floating head over a body. Mm -hmm. They have these this thought process, but they are not connected with how is my body responding in this moment? Well, all people, our, our brain is set up to go into auto drive. Right. There, are, there are things that we do on a regular basis. It's like when you get in your car and you go from your house to your job. But if I were to ask you words of some of the things you saw or noticed on the drive and you cannot even remember the drive Nothing. because you were in total auto drive. Right. So mindfulness is a stopping of the moment. To, I'm usually on the phone. <laughs> right. So I'm talking right. to somebody. I'm thinking about who I need to call. Exactly. I'm thinking about work that needs to be done or who I need to talk to. Right. But to be able to take that time and to describe your food while you're actually chewing it and eating it and not just describing the flavor, but the sensation to be able. I mean, who stops and thinks while they're brushing their teeth to think about the actual brushing of the teeth, the, those things that we do on autopilot mm-hmm. and to take a moment. So that's that's a part of mindfulness. So I want to encourage everyone out there. Pick one thing today to just be mindful about. Be mindful about brushing your teeth or about brushing your hair or washing the dog or whatever it is that you're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Be mindful about how are you experiencing that moment. Putting your key into your house, your home, your door to unlock the door, whatever, whatever it is, things that you normally don't even cross your mind as you the action that takes place. But to give it some some thought, some actual thought about what you're doing, those things by themselves can relieve some anxiety. Right. Well, and and another thing that I always talk to my clients about is as you are, sometimes our body gives it away. Mm -hmm. So if you find yourself like you're not aware that your, your thumb is in your mouth and you're chewing on your fingernail and like a lot of the times people with anxiety, I like <laughs> if I see somebody that has nubs on their fingers, <laughs> right. I'm like, oh, you have an anxiety problem. <laughs> no, I don't. Mm, why do you chew your nails? Like you're just that hungry. Right. <laughs> and so that, that left knee that just won't stop shaking. Right. Nonstop. Exactly. And so if you if you aren't aware, if you catch yourself doing something that is repetitive or if you catch yourself like wanting to go for that extra donut or go for that extra beer or whatever it is that you're doing, you may want to just stop and ask yourself, number one, and I like to take the, the, you know, am I anxious? But I like to take it a step further and say, what am I afraid of right now? Right. And, and unfortunately, that is a hard question for a lot of people. They don't want to admit that they're, I'm not afraid of anything. Mm-hmm. But your body always gives it away because if you don't talk it out, you act it out. Right. And even in doing that, again, I feel like I'm harping on the mindfulness thing now. But okay. what you just said, what am I afraid of right now? Oftentimes our anxiety is nothing that's in the immediate moment oh, yeah. that, we, that we're experiencing. So it's, it's I am putting excess thought or, or rumination and, and, and worrying about something. Subconscious thought. Right. That's. Maybe six months down the road, I, I was was talking with um, actually a family member uh, not too long ago, and I was asking her, like, right here, right now, is your life in imminent danger? Right here, right now, is there anything with your family, with yourself, that that's for you to be deathly concerned and worried about? Right here, right now, your finances, your job, your relationships, is there anything wrong right now? And the answer is no. Well, and I, I think I, I agree totally. 
However, I think that those unconscious thoughts, because like I know that sometimes if I'm worried about money or, you know, especially money, I'll wake up in the middle of the night. Now, that's not something that I want to do, but my body is like, wake up. You got to think about, you got to figure this out. And my brain, right. And so the, but I think it does go back to a survival. And a lot of people don't think, well, you know, I'm not worried. I'm like, I'm okay. But if they really got honest with themselves, and that's a lot of the problem I think with people is they're so used to cutting off their emotion and not, not connecting with it because I don't know. Are you scared of it? Like I did a group yesterday and there was anger. We talked about anger and one person actually did some anger, some anger work and anger, anger exercise. And like the reaction of the group members was really amazing. Some were afraid, some were encouraged, some were excited. And it all depended upon how comfortable they were with their own sense of anger. But that for some people, it was really a scary moment. Right. So let's, let's again talk. because we talked about this in, in, and we were talking about um, being able to to speak your mind and find your voice. Our society oftentimes tells us that anger is bad or anger is wrong when that's the furthest from the truth. And anger, that's exactly what they thought. Right. Anger is bad. No, it's not. Right. It's an it's it's information. Exactly. It is telling you something is wrong. And if you don't, if you're not aware of your um, anxiety or your fear, then maybe it comes out as anger. So let's talk about ways that people can cope if they're if they are aware of their anxiety. So one of the things that I know of that is extremely helpful is and and I tell this to people that I know that smoke. Number one, stop smoking. Number two, start breathing deep, deep. And that's 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 the key. Not just breathing, but breathing deep and pulling in to your diaphragm and pulling into your stomach. Um, In fact, I will. Like yesterday, my client was getting really upset and she did a lot of her anger work. And so what I will do is I will draw a circle on their back in the middle of their shoulder blades. And I will say, pretend there's a hole right here and you're breathing out of it. Because it forces you to open up your back and open, you know, open things up inside so that you can really, the signal to your body, to your autonomic nervous system is, Everything is okay, which is another thing you can say is I am going to be okay or I am okay. Right. That's the self-talk. That's look, look at what we're doing. The opposite of that. How often that we, we create the anxiety. Sometimes we create the, the from the rumination, the fear, the worry. Um, but the to counter that with the exact opposite, this is going to work out. It's worked out every time in the past. It's been good. I've made it through. I may have to do some creative things. I may have to, sometimes I may have to lose something. Sometimes I have to struggle. Sometimes I have to eat peanut butter and jelly. But I've always succeeded. I've always made it out. I'm still here. That doesn't kill me. Makes me stronger. I'm going to be better. And you know what? I feel really strongly about saying this before we end with our verse of the week. But if you are in a situation, because I've recently uh, found out that another friend of mine has committed suicide, a male in his 40s. And I've known, unfortunately, so many men in their 40s and early 50s that have gone to those extremes that if you are that afraid that you feel like the only way to get away from your anxiety and get away from your pain is to end your life, it's it's so wrong. Please reach out to somebody. There are numbers you can call. There's suicide prevention. There's hotlines. 
just call 911 and tell them that you're wanting to kill yourself. And somebody is supposed to, they will come out and they will get you and they will help you through. And there's so much more to this life than destroying your own. So it's a permanent solution solution to a temporary problem. And you have to remember that. Even if you feel like your life is going to be over anyway. So let's get into our verse of the week. Uh, Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. That is Philippians 4, 6. And uh, we hope that you have an anxiety-free day, anxiety-free week. Exactly. And this, this conversation is going to continue, so please check in with us next Sunday. We're going to keep talking about anxiety. Uh, ben, uh, we've given a new statistic, 40, what do we say, 40-something million people? Well, it's really 18%. Our <laughs> no, our our statistic, oh, our yeah, statistic yeah. is 40. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, check in with us next Sunday. We're going to keep talking about anxiety. We're going to talk about some more ways of coping with it, uh, healthy ways of coping with anxiety. Yes. See you then. Bye.